must see college football. Was there a top 10 list that this one, Texas's trip to Alabama, not in? Probably not. No, I mean, I think everybody's excited. I think everybody's excited to see the matchup, partly for the what could have been factor. If Quinn Ewers hadn't got hurt, mm-hmm. what would have happened? If, you know, if now that, that Bryce Young isn't there to do Bryce Young type things, is Alabama going to be able to pull themselves out of the fire a couple times like they did at different points during his career. Fascinating stuff. You've got the intertwining headlines there with Nick Saban and Steve Sarkeesian and how well they know each other and all of these things. I am super excited to see how this matchup plays out on the turf there at Bryant-Denny Stadium. I think that's huge for Alabama being at home. You know that that crowd is going to be raucous. We talked about it uh, you know, before the, the news that, hey, they're trying to get a little bit of revenge, putting uh, Texas's people way up there in the nosebleeds. So, Chris, we are pumped, ready to go. I've seen Alabama as, as high as a you know seven and a half point favorite at different books and stuff I've looked at. So uh, yeah, let's let's hop right into it. What do you want to talk about first here with the horns and the tide? Okay, well let me give you the opinions first. Uh, Covers dot com last I checked, which I think was this morning, had Alabama a seven point favorite with a fifty seven point over under. The implied final score from that is 32 to 25 in Alabama's favor. ESPN's FPI has the Crimson Tide a 14-point favorite with the home field advantage. I think FPI's got Alabama as its number one team as of this morning. I think Georgia was preseason number two, but I guess Alabama did enough against Middle Tennessee State to, to vault over Georgia. SP Plus has got Alabama as a 13-point favorite. And Jeff Sagarin has got Alabama's 11-point favorite. So interesting here that it's the the humans that have got Alabama favored by a smaller margin than the computers. I, I guess that game last year in Austin and how it went down, as you mentioned, is permanently lodged in, in people's brains. Is it the fact that Steve Sarkeesian's relationship uh, with Nick Saban, sometimes those mentors have been able to – you just got certain people that, that have been – I'm not going to say figured Alabama out, but Hugh Freeze, for example, right? Hugh Freeze kind of knew the buttons to push to to beat Alabama every now and then. Uh, and, and maybe that's the case with Sarkeesian. Anyway, I just find it very interesting that there's a pretty good discrepancy between the computers and what the line actually is here. Yeah, I think people, what people see is they – and what I've said – you know, you've seen some people, some some people out there who just kind of read heights and weights and say, oh, Alabama has monsters on the offensive line. Yeah, they may be big, but a lot of them are young when it comes to experience. I mean, even Tyler Booker wasn't full-time starter last year and t- towards the end of the season. He's a guy they're really counting on. J.C. Latham is a guy that many people say is going to be, you know, a top 15 pick, and he's very experienced over there. But uh, Darren Dalcourt missed time with injury. Seth Mc- uh, McLaughlin had problems with snaps, two low snaps in that game uh, against Middle Tennessee State, and then Caden Proctor is a freshman starting at left tackle. That is always an adventure. Just ask LSU last year with Will Campbell and Emory Jones. No matter how talented those of a blue-chip prospects those guys are, they can have their struggles. And then in the two deep, uh, there's some guys who haven't played just a ton of ball as well. So that, that experience, the quality depth of offensive line is really my one worry for Alabama because I'm not worried really anywhere else. I think that the, the running back, 
group is is really really good i would put them up right there against texas's running backs right now i think the the uh wide receiving core okay obviously texas has the matchup in terms of the names and and the you know perception over there but i think this alabama group is a lot deeper than Mm -hmm. their wide receiving cores have been in the past it's been really heavy with top two type guys when you look at the distribution of catches and things like that and that's actually hurt them later in the year when a couple of those guys have went down with injuries you look at mechie and williams a couple years ago they went down in that before that second georgia game and it changed the whole uh whole complexion of how that went down but when you're talking about um Isaiah Bond, when you're talking about Kendrick Law, when you're talking about Emmanuel Henderson's hurt right now, but when they get him back healthy, he's a guy that can make plays. Of course, you know Ja'Cory Brooks. You know Jermaine Burton. They brought in C.J. Dupree at tight end. They've got Amari Nyblack, who's a red zone nightmare to match up with. And, oh, by the way, now they have a guy who runs a true 4-4-40 with a rocket arm at quarterback as well that showed a lot of step forward. I think people sleeping on this Alabama offense are doing it at their own peril because Tommy Reese was brought in to establish a more downhill, in-your-face, smash-mouth mentality. And I think you're going to see that come to fruition a little bit and and see a little bit more in the quarterback run game from Jalen Milroy. I think he can do things from the pocket. But, man, I think his legs and getting getting people hurt that way is going to – uh, is going to really pay dividends for Alabama early on. So I'm intrigued by that matchup. Now, listen, Texas, Texas well, well, on let the me, other let me, let me stop you there for just a minute before we we switch sides of the ball. Uh, Jalen Ford is the guy that I'm kind of watching on, on Texas' side of the ball because he is a dominating playmaker. I think yeah. got, a, got a pick last week. Uh, well, I'm going to talk is, about their defense too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to get that in since we, we talk a lot about Alabama's offense, but but carry on. Yeah, I was going to say that the key is going to be it's going to be a challenge right there. So you look at McLaughlin, you look at Dow Court, uh, you look at, at at Booker there in the middle. They're going to go against uh, Tavondre Sweat, who was very active in that game. And then the tackles are going to have to worry about that buck linebacker position of Ethan Burke, who was active, had a, had a couple sacks in that game for Texas against Rice early on. I watched their t- all 22. They were active. They were all over the place. You mentioned Ford at the linebacker is a very uh, experienced guy. And then, oh, by the way, there's a familiar face over there uh, in terms of SEC uh, SEC play in the back end over there, Jaden, excuse me, Jalen Catalan, who played at Arkansas for a while, is at Texas. So, listen, it's going to be an intriguing matchup. I don't know that I see anybody in the back end that I say, hey, they can absolutely take away Alabama's wide receivers. I think what Alabama has to do is they really have to say, okay, we brought in Tommy Reese for a reason. We wanted to get more physical. Can they do that early? And I think to your point, you mentioned something. And when we, I heard you on the Daily Show earlier today, you talked about Justice Haynes, and you and I were talking before this. Mm-hmm. Is Justice Haynes, is this a breakout game for him? I think he's the most explosive and the most dynamic. Uh, running back in that room, and I think he might take a big step forward in this game, Chris. I think the side of the matchup I'm more curious about is when Texas has got the ball because there's some talk that this is going to be a vintage Alabama defense. Uh, the, the numbers last week against Middle Tennessee State, which has put up some respectable offenses over the year. Alabama held MTSU to 2.8 yards per pass attempt. It 
held MTSU to four and a half yards per rushing attempt. That's where Alabama's run defense has slipped a little bit in past years, and I don't think it's back yet. Uh, we talked about Quinn Ewers and what he did last year against Alabama till he got hurt. Um, and play sounded a little uneven just by reading some comments on Orange Bloods. I didn't see Texas's game at all in week one, but just going to throw that out there. But here's the thing, and you sent me this before we started the show. A lot of questions in Alabama's secondary this week about who's going to play or not going to play. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about Jalen Key, the transfer from UAB that had a pick in that game, that they, they were really excited about how he was performing the first half. He went down the second half with an injury. And then Malachi Moore, who's their star, um, you know, plays that star position. He's at, he's out, and it made look like a you know he was out of that game uh, towards the end of it, and you know it could be an ankle thing from what I'm hearing, uh, high ankle sprain, something along that line. A lot of it was undisclosed. You know, Saban treating it like hockey. Uh, they're just saying lower body injury. You know, over there, so not not knowing what's going on. At, but, at least uh, he told us this week, right? Yeah, yeah. You you never know, but if those two can't play. It's going to make you take the transfer of Trey Amos and maybe move him to corner, maybe move Terry on Arnold to the star position. We know that Caleb Downs was a huge breath mm -hmm. of fresh air and a really big, big pickup because I think he's better than Battle and Helms ever thought about being at safety. I really think he's that type of player, and he makes a big difference. He's going to get, have matchups on the inside when it comes to uh, Jatavion Sanders, you know, safety on tight end there, things like that. Can he be big enough and physical enough to, to win in that matchup? Can they reroute Jatavion Sanders and, and prevent him from running down the middle of the field? Of course, you know, you got Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, uh, you know, Whittington. Over the, I mean, they've got so many guys, so many weapons Quinn Ewers does. I am excited to see how that Alabama – uh, secondary matches up, particularly Terry on Arnold, who got picked on some in that Tennessee game last year. We know what uh, we know what Kool Aid McKinstry is. We know that he's a, a lockdown type corner over there, so maybe he can take away a quarter of the field at least, or sometimes maybe even a half of it, depending on how they do things. The question is, Chris, which Quinn Ewer shows up? Is it the first? Is it the guy who on the first couple of drives was dropping dimes? on Alabama last year, or was it the guy who uh, was, was, once they hit the middle of Big 12 play last year, was throwing, uh, not valuing the ball, making poor decisions, things of that nature. He's cut the locks. So is that a Samson effect? Has he lost his strength, or is he going to uh, – is it the Stetson Bennett effect where the, the new tight haircut is going to make him play better? You never know. You never know. These are things you have to examine. If I was an odds maker, I would want to know, did the quarterback get his haircut recently? That would be one question I would ask. Okay, but what I want to see here is I want to see, can Alabama get pressure to help out that secondary? You have some thoughts on that with that Alabama defensive front. Well, D Dallas Turner was a guy I highlighted before the season. Uh, and and I said, we did bold predictions, and this was just a kind of a dart throw. But I said, hey, that, that might be your SEC sack leader this year if he takes that Will Anderson role of, of getting after the guy. And so, look, big plays can swing a game like this, and that's one guy that I'm going to kind of have an eye on for Alabama's. Can Dallas Turner step up and, and make a huge play when it really matters? And kickers aren't people, so we're not going to worry about uh, special teams in this game. It doesn't matter. We're, this is going to be one in the trenches. So go ahead and give me your pick right here, uh, Chris. What do you think happens between Texas and Alabama in Bryant-Denny Stadium with 
Nick Saban having a little bit of, even though they didn't lose that game, having some like retribution on his mind, the fact that it was even a one point game last year. Well, first of all, one of these days we're going to, we're going to have a, a merchandising arm to our company when, when we, <laughs> when we quit doing 80 hour weeks, just studying football. But uh, what do we people. do? Well, I, you, you've done two tonight. One, don't be a sheep. And number two, kickers aren't people. Um, neither neither very nice, but but might be catchy on a T-shirt. But anyway, I, I've leaned all week towards Alabama to win and Alabama to cover. I, I, I'm going to kind of set one foot in both worlds based on the the potential defensive back news. And and again, it's potential. We don't know. Everybody may play. Everybody may be fine. But it came up at at Nick Saban's press conference. Um, I I just – I don't think I can pick Alabama to lose. But between that and the way Texas matched up with Alabama a year ago and the thought that this team was pretty loaded, I'm going to go Alabama to win, uh, but maybe by a field goal or so. Yeah. I got to thinking about this, and I got to thinking, oh, for a second, I was like, Jalen Key. And he, uh, you know, he may not play. Malachi Moore, he may not play. Is that going to, you know, Texas has got some really good wide receivers. Is that going to be a be a factor here? And then I got to thinking, Nick Saban coaches that Alabama team. And this game is at Bryant-Denny Stadium, and there's going to be some rabid Tuscalinians over there that are just absolutely <laughs> cannot wait to welcome the horns of Texas to give them a little preview. Welcome them to the of, upper deck, by the way. Yeah, welcome to out. the to the other stratosphere up there uh, in Bryant-Denny <laughs> Stadium to welcome them to this SEC environment. And I got to thinking, hey, Nick Saban is going to be ticked off that that they played as poorly as they played, even though they won that game. It was like one of those games they won, but they lost last year, type to say, against Texas. And I think they're going to lay the smacketh down, as The Rock would say, on Texas in this game. I really do. I think Deontay Lawson, I think Quindarius uh, Robinson, they use that cheetah package. They get after the the passer. I don't think Quinn Ewers is going to be able to evade it. They knocked him out of the game last year. I think they'll knock him around in this game this year. You can't complete passes if you're laying on your back. And I like that Alabama front, whether it's Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, like I said, Robinson, Lawson, uh, maybe even the old Georgia boy over there, Tresman Marshall, getting involved doing some things. I think that pressure is going to be early and it's going to be often from Kevin Steele. And I think you're going to see uh, Alabama force a couple of turnovers and Jalen Milrow uh, going to have a statement statement in this game. Give me Alabama to win this game. I'm going to say they win it by 10 plus. I'm going to, I'm going to wow. go over there. I, I almost wavered off of it, Chris, when I sent you that earlier, but I like Alabama big. I think they're going to get physical on that front on both sides of the ball. Give me Alabama to win this game. I could see it being a I could see it being a 30 34 24 victory for the Tide. 